Well, sir, it's early evening as our scene opens now, and here in the living room of the small house halfway up in the next block, we find Mr. and Mrs. Victor Gook and their son, Mr. Rush Gook. Vic lounges in his easy chair, gazing reflectively at his shoes. Sade occupies a corner of the Davenport, sewing. And young Rush, at the library table, reads aloud from a volume of fast-moving fiction. Third Lieutenant Stanley contemplated the isolating head of the deadly cobra without fear. That pesky reptile better not bite me, he remarked to Lady Margaret. The beautiful woman took a firmer grip on the mother-of-pearl handle on her dainty parasol. I am frightened, she whispered. What's there to be frightened about, queried her lover reassuringly. Come here and give me a couple kisses. He makes me tired, the third lieutenant, Stanley. Read it to yourself. What you dreaming about, mister? Hank Gutstep. Must be a beautiful dream. Hank was in the office to see me this afternoon. Was he? Had a proposition up his sleeve. Oh. I'd like to discuss it with you if you're interested. Well, you appreciate how interested I am in Hank Gutstep. I'm afraid your opinion of Hank is unreasonably prejudicial. Yeah, I'll say. What do you want this trip? Money? On the contrary. Say, here's some excitement. The serpent slithered across the floor, suddenly reared, and lunged with lightning-like speed at the well-turned ankle of Lady Margaret. Third Lieutenant Stanley, however, was alert and ready. His automatic revolver barked twice, and the cobra collapsed in a heap. Now how about a couple kisses, he exulted. The beautiful woman's alabaster cheek took on a rich, warm glow. She glanced down at her fashionable French spats. You've earned a couple kisses, sweetheart, she murmured. Third Lieutenant Stanley leaped into the air, clicked his heels together, and screamed. Are you quite through? I thought there was going to be a lot more excitement than just this. Uh-huh. Well, if your mother and myself wish to talk, just kindly subdue any further impulses you may have to read out loud. Mm. No, Hank didn't want money safe. It's a wonder. His business with me was to adjust certain financial transactions we've negotiated in the past. Well, that's money, ain't it? What is? Financial transactions. Mm, after manner speaking, yes. Uh. To come directly to the point, Hank wishes to pay me back certain sums he's borrowed in recent months. Did he pay you? Not in cash, no. And that's what his proposition hinges on. Hank wants to work out his indebtedness. Work it out? Yes. Where? Here. How? Odd jobs around the house. Ah. Now, before you take a definite stand on the matter, Sade, let me explain Hank's proposal. You think for one minute I'd tolerate him on the premises? Let me tell you what he told me. Afterward, you can put the kibosh on the idea if you choose. I'll put the kibosh on the idea right off the bat. What's the discussion, people? Go get me a drink of water. Okay. You care for one guy? No, thanks. The thing is, kiddo, whatever Hank's faults may be, he's scrupulously honest. Oh. They say he steals coal down in the Chicago Norton Railroad yards. Nothing but rotten slander, so far as I'm concerned. Hank Gutstop's integrity is beyond reproach. Let it run a while so it gets cold, Willie. Okay. Miss Wheeler says he steals coal down at the Chicago Norton Railroad yards. Miss Wheeler is a gossip and a magpie. She's probably the party that steals coal down at the Chicago Norton Railroad yards. Oh, come now. I certainly wouldn't put it faster. No, say, like I say, so far as I'm concerned, Hank's integrity is beyond reproach. Don't forget, he holds a position of trust and honor in my lodge, the secret stars of the Milky Way. Thought you threw him out last month. He has since been reinstated. Well, I don't want him loafing around here. That's final. Okay, that's final. 
However, just as a matter of interest, won't you let me describe Hank's visit to the office this oh, afternoon? Oh, I don't care. I think you'll agree with me. You've given the thing considerable thought. Mm. I have from time to time in recent months advanced Hank small loans. Dollar here, dollar there, quarter, 75 cents, and so on and so forth. On each of these occasions, Hank has entered the amount in a notebook. I myself didn't bother to keep track. Well, that was foolish. Well, maybe it was. I keep track of my quarters and 75 cents. Most commendable of you. Quarters and 75 cents don't grow on trees, you know. I wasn't laboring under the delusion they did. However, let me continue. Hank informed me today that his accumulated borrowings totaled $20. My stars! $20 would buy groceries for a month. I was surprised myself at the amount. You must have slipped him plenty of nickels and dimes to add up to that much. I expect I did. $20 you handed over to that old Hank Gutstop, and I had to refuse to lend Ruthie Stambottom a dime the other day. Why did you have to refuse? Never had a cent in my purse. You'd have let her have a dime if you had a dime, wouldn't you? Oh, sure. What is your point, then? A whole month's groceries, $20 it paid for. Is it cold? Couldn't call. Hank took his hair down and talked turkey. Vic, he says, you know my circumstances. I never Thanks, have more in the Brought me a nice glass and everything. I couldn't find a tin cup. But he handed to a rummy guy. Some other day. I really ought to be studying algebra tonight. Why don't you? My brain feels sluggish. Maybe I'll go to bed pretty quick. If you're ever going to mount anything, you'll have to Thanks, fix that Willie. Uh-huh. Here. Uh-huh. Say, Hank took his hair down and talked turkey. Vicky says, you know my circumstances. I'm never more than a dollar or two to the good at any one time. Your chances of getting your 20 bucks in one chunk are mighty slim. And it's been bothering me. I don't like being in debt. Oh, my. That shows you the pure gold in Hank. I don't like being in debt, he says. Ah. All right, here's his proposition. He's willing to work out the money at 50 cents an hour. He'll come no, here... No, no, Vic. I meant what I said. I won't have that man in my house. Listen a second, can't you? What Hank wants to do is work out the debt in 30-minute periods. You can tolerate his presence around the place a measly half-hour a day, can't you? No. Oh, you could, too. Look, suppose he shows up every afternoon at uh, 3 o'clock. Okay, he'd be gone by 3.30. What could he hope to accomplish with such little dabs as that? Plenty. Mow the yard, put up the screens. Scrub he couldn't the... put the screens up in any half an hour. I'll say he couldn't. He could put up a few screens. He owes you $20 hard money. Don't you want your $20 hard money back? I'm willing to accept its equivalent in labor. Uh-huh. Say, at the rate of 50 cents an hour, Hank, in order to work out 20 bucks, would have to put in 80 30-minute periods. 80? Well, sure. See, each half-hour period he puts in, that's him a quarter. And there's 80 quarters and $20. You mean he'd be here 80 afternoons? Well, not 80 consecutive afternoons. Saturdays and Sundays, he'd want to rest, I think. He'd be here every weekday afternoon for a year. Not quite a year. Well, let's see. He'd be here... No, sir. Now, Vic. No, sir. Well, I'm only... I don't like Hank Gustav, and he knows I don't like him, and you know I don't like him. Before I'd let that man loaf around my house 80 afternoons, I'd go But he'd be working. The grass would be kept mowed. Your porches would be kept scrubbed. Any little odd job you wanted done. Or any errands you wanted run. Old Hank and Bradley. The whole thing is absolutely out of the question. 80 afternoons indeed. Okay. You're the doctor. I'll say. 
Generally, kiddo, you're a pretty shrewd girl. Got a sharp eye for a bargain. Hank, that stops no bargain. Wouldn't you like to see the equivalent of $20 returned to the family coffers? Not that way. Looks like I'll have to write the debt off the books as a total loss. No, you won't either. You make him pay. He can't pay. He's never had 20 bucks in all in one lump since he was born. Well, he can pay and dribble, just like he borrowed. A dime here and a quarter there. It's Hank himself that I'm thinking of. His debt hangs over him like a heavy burden. He feels like his honor would be washed clean and his armor once more unsullied if we'd allow him to well, we work. Well, we won't. Okay. No, sir. Okay. You know what I bet, don't you? What do you bet, Sadie? I bet that old Hank knew good and well I wouldn't stand for any such crazy arrangement, and that's why he took it up with you. Wouldn't be surprised at what you hit the nail right on the head, Ma. Your opinion, Eddie, wasn't solicited. Mm. No, sir. I'll bet anything that's exactly the way he figured. He appreciates I don't like him. He understands I wouldn't have him hanging around my house for 80 afternoons. I guess we can consider this discussion at an end. Yeah. Uh, huh? Hi, George, there's more excitement after all. Listen, Third Lieutenant Stanley shrieked. He grasped the nearest counterfeiting cannibal by the throat and rapidly choked him into insensibility. Lady Margaret looked on with a pensive smile. She adjusted her fashionable French spat and smoothed her satin gown. Give me three kisses before I choke the next counterfeiting cannibal, bellowed the handsome young officer. They were given with a will. Which concludes another brief interlude at the small house halfway up in the next block. And there we leave Crisco's vacant sade until the next time. <laughs>